Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. Hi. Hello. We wanted to let y'all know, first of all, thank y'all for listening. Thanks. We really do appreciate it. Um, we've had well, listeners from everywhere. We have. Recently. Would you say like London and Hong Kong? We Hong had Kong. some new listeners in Hong Kong. That was like, I was like wait, pretty what? badass. Awesome. We have a new listener from the Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up, girl? So it felt really cool to have Gen Z say we're fucking cool. So, I mean, we're cool now, guys. Really? She just said we're funny, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I'm going to take it as we're cool. You know what's so weird? Are you intimidated by teenagers? Yes. Me too. <laughs> like, oddly intimidated. Like, oh my God, they're so cool. Like, I feel like such a loser. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Really? So when I found out that I was shared with a, this person, and then I found out they were listening, and then it was like, hey, you want to know what they said? I'm like, no. Yes, tell me. I was like terrified. And then they were like, they told me that y'all are pretty funny. I'm like... And then yeah. I'm like, I'm going to bribe them. So, hey, you want to give her some stickers? Say <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for some stickers. Yes. Like me more. Yes. You know what I think it is? And maybe it's different for people who actually were popular in high school. But I feel like all Gen Zs are the popular kids in high school that I'm still trying to impress. I just... Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they just seem so cool and so, like, nonchalant about everything like life it just is like they're just very french about it like mm, you know say la vie and i'm over here literally anxious as fuck worrying my life to death overthinking everything and i'm like how did y'all just get born with that because my generation is on some pills <laughs> like i'm just like like me don't like me i don't really care one way or the other but i don't want to know about it yeah, and the other thing is, is like, well, for your generation, you're like, y'all are the, the forgotten generation, mm-hmm. and, and y'all are like, good. Yeah. Forget we exist. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. So for me to do this, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, like me, hate me, that's fine. I don't want to know. Yeah. Keep your opinions to yourself. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah. So I was like, ew, what did say? So hey, girl, hey, the Taco hey. Bell. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we're going to be at the True Crime Podcast Festival in Dallas, Texas, August 26th, 27th, 28th. Come out, say hi. Um, we'll have exclusive merch there. Oh, yeah. Our, we got this swagon, mm-hmm. and it is so fucking amazing. We love it. We do love it. We love it. I hope you do, too. So, yes, definitely check us out there. If you can't make it, no worries. We are deciding what we're going to do during those time frames. So stay tuned to your social media sites because we might do something live. 
we, I don't know. We'll see. You know, we do things by the seat, seat of our, our pants. pants every day. Every day. <laughs> I was finishing up my treasure child last night. Yes. Same. Um, yeah, the day before the podcast. So much research, guys. No, but for real, I, I will say this. It sounds like we always downplay. We actually do put a lot of research into this, into oh. our, our Patreon episodes. Yes. That's so, why it takes us so long is we also have full-time jobs. And yeah. It, yeah. You know, we have full-time jobs. Believe it or not, we do have lives outside of this as well. Sometimes. I had people over last night and... I was trying not to yawn while they were here, and then eventually they left at like 9, 9.30. Oh, wow, that's late. And uh, see, and I'm like, I hope they didn't think they had to leave early because I yawned a couple of times. But then I'm like, I got to finish up my treasure child. You're like, no, but for real, I really do have homework I have to do right fucking now because I waited the last minute because that's the only time I had. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So we promise, guys, we are really... This hobby of ours, we're very invested in, and we, we appreciate that you appreciate it, and um, we would love to know what you would like to hear as well, honestly. Like, comment on our social pages. We're everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, TikTok. I mean, so hit us up. My, my husband likes to say, my first job pays me money. My second job costs me money. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It does, but it's fun. It's a fun Especially little... Especially when he saw how much I paid for the podcast festival oh, swag. And I had to talk you off a ledge, too. I was like, look, girl, I love you, but let's just, like, reel it back by just a little bit. I know. So, I there's two things at play here. Mm-hmm. One, I have a shopping addiction. And two, you should see me cook for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I have enough food to feed everybody that's coming to my house and the house next door and across the street. Right. Because I don't want there to be not enough for everyone that's there. Right. And that's my mentality going into the podcast festival and the stuff. Yeah. And even though I was like, like, hey, girl, there's only going to be X, Y, Z amount of people there. That was what they're predicting. No worries. You're like, okay, cool. So, like, triple that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. But because... because- I don't want to be like, I'm sorry, we're out. No, but you do. You want to be exclusive. You do. You want your shit to look like it's sold out because everyone wanted it. Yeah. But it's free. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yes, as you can tell, seat of our pants. Hi. (laughs) You are getting the real deal with us every time. There's no like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So two things at play. A, shopping addiction. And B, I want there to be enough for everyone. This means we love y'all. That's all it means. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And we want you to come see us. Yeah, definitely. We're going to try to go to as many podfests as we can. Time and money allowing, of course. So we'll let you know when we're at certain places. But so uh, if you join tuned. our Patreon, it will allow us to go more places. Yeah. And in fact, we have some new episodes up on Patreon right now. The Video Killer series about movies. So if you're interested in something like that, they're there. Go check them out. And I really feel like we killed it this month. Yeah, they're pretty good. See what I did there? Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Hi, Sam. Do you have any other updates you want to share with the team? No, not like podcast related. Okay, I'm going to start sharing my screen. Can you see it now? Uh-huh. Got all you work from home people. <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless. 
And bless y'all if y'all are listening to this during the workday. I feel ya. I feel ya. It's like, yes, Karen, we can see your screen. We've been doing this for three years now. We know how Zoom works. You know, I listen to true crime podcasts while I'm at work the best that I can, but then I get people, Amanda, help me with this. Amanda, help me with that. Amanda, I need this. Amanda, I need that. Amanda, 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 Amanda. And then I eventually have to take the earbud out and just put it back in its charging case and turn it off because I'm not going to stop hearing my name all day. And then you know what happens as soon as I put that earbud away? They stop saying my fucking name. You're like, so wait, why don't you tell me when I can listen to my podcast? Okay. Because apparently y'all need shit from me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Either I'm going to murder you or I'm going to listen to murder. So I need you to make your choice right now. Pick a lane, everybody. (laughs) Pick a fucking lane. (laughs) Yeah. I got a little sassy with somebody on Friday. Nice. Oh, well, you, you get sassy. You're a sassy gal. When don't I get sassy? I get sassy in emails. I get sassy in person. Well, maybe they didn't start none. There wouldn't be none. Exactly right. I feel everyone else makes me (laughs) sassy. There you go. It's everyone else's fault. Yeah, of course. So you ready to hear about the murderer this week? Our little cuntlet? Yes. Give me some tips, cuntlet. Give me some tips. (laughs) You know murder's never the answer, Amanda. But sometimes it is. <laughs> uh, born on September 21st, 1940 in Walcott, Kansas, Lowell Lee Andrews was the baby of the family and second child of Will- William and Opal Andrews. I would just like to say, what are the odds we would have two episodes with a Lowell? Lowell. I don't know. It, it was more a popular name back in this time frame, for sure. Because was rem- that other guy. Remember when I did Lowell? The guy who's claimed that his wife was such a cokehead that she shoved it up her vagina? Yeah. Bruh. Everyone knows that's the worst way to do coke. Yeah. I mean, come on. And if you didn't, I told you it was. Yeah. Lowell. Lowell's are cards. Real (laughs) cards, those Lowell's. (laughs) Go, go, go. Just go. Oh, God. <laughs> Lowly Andrews. No, because that was such like a 1950s white person thing to say. He's a real card. I'll tell you what. What a ham, this one. Slap him on some some bread and call him a sandwich. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. And I have had no alcohol and I know. no drugs today. <laughs> oh, maybe that's it. Okay. So you just need to go back to all of that. I'm completely sober <laughs> making these decisions. <laughs> so when you're sober, your your whiteness comes out real hard. I'm like um, Donna Reed when I'm sober. <laughs> oh, God. Even that's like, that sounds like we're 85 years old talking about the Donna Reed show. Oh, my God. How old are we right now? <laughs> I just try to keep the pickle container downstairs. <laughs> So when you're older, what happens is, apparently, I've done this too, is you buy something from a store, like pickles in a tub, a plastic tub, and you're like, oh, sick, pickles, great. Get them home, awesome. First of all, the best pickles I've ever had. They're really good pickles. Yeah. Way to go, H-E-B, again, for killing it. 
Um, and then you're like, you know what? This container's really fucking nice. It, it is nice. It's a nice container. It's a nice container. So you're like, I'm going to keep this container. And um, <laughs> then what you realize is, holy shit, I've just become my mother and my grandmother saving country crop tubs to store fucking leftovers in, even though literally purchased high quality Tupperware. I have glass containers. I know. You have the best containers on the planet. And you're like, oh, this is nice. I'm going to save this. And my, I was like, nah. My containers are so nice that I won't let you take stuff home and them in. I know. I get out the nasty plastic ones from the top shelf. Exactly. I've had to take it home many times. And over here, you're like, oh, this is nice. Straight up. So once that comes out of your mouth hole, that's when you go, oh, shit. It, I have become the and then, villain. And then, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, lol's a real card. <laughs> oh, bless. I can't wait. Actually, this fits perfectly because you're right in the time frame, 1940. So let's just keep going. So Lowell Lee Andrews was the baby of the family and second child of William and Opal Andrews. Opal, I love that name. It's pretty, right? He had one sister, Jenny, Marie... <clears throat> J-E-N-N-I-E, Marie. I like that spelling of Jenny. It's cute. It's different. You're on the fence. No worries. Yeah. Who was two years older than him. And they grew up as Baptists. Again, it's Kansas. It's it's middle of, uh, what is it? Midwest. It's pretty common. Baptists are pretty common. And he was large for his age. He was 6'1", 250 pounds and wore glasses. fuck. Yeah. Did he play football? Um, No. He was a smart kid and good in science class, polite and church-going, and some said gentle and sweet. He was known to a neighbor as, quote, the nicest boy in Walcott. Oh, so he's a murderer. He wasn't very social and preferred to read in his room most of the time. Definitely a murderer. Mm-hmm. He was what we would consider a nerd. He was a nerd. Tall, big, little, heavyset kind of kid. Didn't have any favors done to him at the time. He liked to read. He was good in school. In my head, I'm picturing Ed Kimber. Very similar. Very similar. Yes. Absolutely. Facial shape, everything. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't, and at that point, that was considered a nerd to like school. So he was not popular. He had just turned a sophomore at the University of Kansas when he and his sister Jenny were home for the Thanksgiving holiday break in November of 1958. So, between 1940 and 1958, couldn't find much about his childhood. I'm assuming it's pretty standard. I would assume that if something had stood out, it would have been mentioned in any number of news sources. Oh, I'm sure. So, at the time, it seemed like he came from a pretty regular family. Regular stuff happening here. Kids home from college. Thanksgiving break, November 1958. One day during their break, Lowell was reading the brothers Karamazov, and his sister and parents were watching TV downstairs. When Lowell decided to spring into action. See, what most people don't know about Lowell is that he hated his life. Lowell fantasized about becoming a professional hitman and gangster when he grew up. And he would also envision poisoning his whole family, moving to Chicago. I guess he had this, like, idea of, like, he probably, Goodfellas or some shit. Yeah, he probably thought, like, Chicago and the gangsters and the Tommy guns and the flappers with the... Um, speakeasies. Yeah, he was thinking, he was romanticizing it. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I can be a gangster and get out of this 
boring ass town. He's stuck on people. a farm in mid in the Midwest. He's yep. like, fuck this shit. Yeah, I'm out of here. You don't gotta kill your family to go to <laughs> Chicago, bro. <laughs> Spoiler alert: you don't have to kill your family. What? Weird. You can just leave. You can just go. Well, that Thanksgiving in 1958, after he was done reading his book, which I made that note, he finished reading his book. Well, of course, you can't do anything unless you finish the book. Right. Lowell shaved and put on fresh clothes. He then grabbed two guns from a closet in the house. And we're going to say it again. Lock up your guns. Lock up your guns, y'all. He grabbed a Ruger and a 22 caliber rifle. He put the Ruger in his waistband, so it's a handgun, and he held the rifle across his chest. He then went downstairs where his family was, turned on the living room light, which, let's stop right there. I'm assuming this house had the living room light with the fan in the middle of the room. I bet there was no fan. Oh, yeah, because it was 58. Mm-hmm. There were no ceiling fans at that point? I don't think so. I'm guessing probably not. Yeah. And all his family's watching TV. So if you're turning on the light when the whole family's watching TV at this point, you're already in fuck trouble. Was there a TV? Yeah, they're watching TV. Okay. Yeah, so probably black and white again, yeah. 58. Yeah. And they're um, on a farm. So not much light anyway. You know, yeah. so it's probably pretty dark yeah. in that room. So here this motherfucker goes in, turns on the light. I'm sure they're like, hey, hey what the hell? You're interrupting the Donna Reed show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shit. Leave it to beavers on. Yeah, man. What the hell are you doing? You can't interrupt the beef. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> so he turns on the light and shot his sister Jenny right between the eyes. Boom. Point blank with the rifle. She died instantly. Well, he, small favors. Ugh. He then turned the rifle on his parents and fired more shots at them, both with the rifle, six at his mom, and two shots at his dad. His mom died, but his dad was still alive and crawling his way to their kitchen when Lowell took out the Ruger from his waistband and emptied the pistol into his dad, reloaded it, and emptied it again. His dad was shot a total of 17 times. See, this makes me believe he was really just after his dad. If it's that much overkill, yeah, it's feeling very much like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. So, he... Then opened his bedroom window and removed the screen to stage a break-in and went around the house emptying drawers and making it look like a robbery gone bad. Okay, y'all. Let me explain something to you about this robbery gone bad bullshit that you all do. You never actually make it look like a robbery because you're not robbing nothing. Mm -hmm. So the cops know every single time there was no fucking robbery. Yeah, because if you're going to do that, you need to take something. Yeah. Not just rummage around in drawers making it look like you're looking for something no take something not only that you don't know how to do a robbery so really it's just drawers opened yeah with shit everywhere yeah and it's not how a real robber does it no real robbers don't just overturn drawers no they know what they're looking for they know places most people hide things so they're going to go to those places first yeah. And then the rest, if they can't find what they're looking for, they'll probably be like, eh, not worth my time. And move on. And move on. Exactly. So he's doing this whole spiel after the fact. Next stop was his boarding house during college that he stayed at. And he shot the shit with his landlady. You know, like, hey, what's up? You know, oh, I'm here to get this typewriter for some homework that was due on the break. Yeah, I said typewriter. Okay. 
So he <laughs> think about lugging that shit around. Yeah. Versus those, like a MacBook. Those were not easy to carry around. They're like, so heavy. You didn't carry those around. They no. stayed where they were at on your desk. Right. So it's kind of weird to me, even that m- notion of him, I need to borrow this. Now, granted, he was living on a farm, so they probably didn't have a typewriter. So again, it makes sense. But also like, again, you're going to lug this thing back for what, a, a four day break? You know, Thursday, Friday, and then you're off Saturday, Sunday, and then be back on Monday? Yeah, like, why the wouldn't fuck? you just go to your local library? I bet they had typewriters you could use there. Right, exactly. So anyway, he's talking shit and blah, 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 blah to his landlady. Then that same night, he took in a late movie at the Granada Theater, Mardi Gras. This movie starred Pat Boone and Christine Carrere. T- Pat Boone, you want to talk about a fucking Debbie Reynolds ass? <laughs> that name... My God, he was what a singer, actor, some I, shit. I don't know. Don't get me to lie, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Lowell then went around and talked to people at the theater uncharacteristically, establishing an alibi. Yes, he wanted everybody to know where he was, which is so. Again, he's playing against type at this point. He's a tall, shy kid who doesn't like to talk to people. So, and now every- he's what Mister Outgoing. And nobody's going to be like, that's weird. Everybody knows. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So after the movie was over at 11 p.m., he drove home. He fed the family dog. Thank God. Thank God he couldn't kill the fucking dog for once. And then he called the cops saying, oh, shit, there was this crazy robbery at my house while I was out of the movies. I just got home and everyone's dead. Thank God I went to get my typewriter and was at the movies. Yes. Thank goodness I wasn't there. When the cop showed up, one of the cops said, quote, he was sitting on the porch petting his dog. Lieutenant Athey asked the boy what happened, and he pointed to the door, real casual, and said, look in there. Yes, because that's how I would respond. Uh, you know, it's uh, the shit's in there. Yeah. Can, uh, we, can we hurry this up? I got shit to do. Um, the beef is about to be on. I'm going to need you to clear them bodies out. It's a rerun, which is totally new for the time, so kind of don't want to miss that. Later on in their investigation that evening, they asked the funeral for the funeral director for, you know, the bodies. The funeral director started, excuse me. Later on the investigation that evening, the funeral parlor was asking for the bodies of the deceased. Because, again, we need to move fast here. Bodies don't last long. And, you know, we want to at least start the process of what do we need to do from here. And they asked Lowell, the last surviving member of the family, what do you want to do with these bodies? And he said, quote, I don't care what you do with them. Bro, you got to put up a front. You got to at least tell them the ground. Yeah, say pretend like you gave a shit about these people. If you're going to try to establish this whole alibi of burglary, I was at the movies. Pretend like, oh my God, this is the worst possible thing that's happening. He literally doesn't give enough of a shit to give a shit about his parents or to save his own skin. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You're not even helping your own case at this point. Yeah. So according to a local resident, he, quote, showed no remorse, end quote, after the incident. And cops thought it was weird as well. And weird enough to get Lowell's pastor involved to see if maybe he could reason with him about what actually happened that night. Because he kept saying, I'm innocent. I was at the theater. So the cops were doing real police work at this point. Thank God. Yeah. They were like spidey senses. Something's off. Lowell's pastor, Vertigo Dameron. Oh my god, are you kidding me? We're stopping. Are you kidding me? 
I might go to church if that was Dude, my pastor's name. He sounds exactly. He sounds like a fucking pastor from like the Omen or something. Some sick ass like metal pastor name. Vertigo Dameron. I would go to church then. Right? Sign me up. I'm going. Let's go next Sunday. And he was from Grandview Baptist Church in Kansas City, Kansas, which I'm assuming probably still there. One would assume. They called him at 3 a.m. that night about the murders and said, hey, got this kid Loli here. He's one of your parishioners. Can you can you just see what actually happened? We don't think we're not really sure. We don't want to accuse, but it's looking like it's him. So little pastor sat down with him. At the police station, he started asking Lowell about the Thanksgiving break in school, you know, doing the whole, like, hey, how's things? He gave him a Coca-Cola and then said, quote, you didn't do this terrible thing, did you? If you did, now is the time to purge your soul. Lowell nodded. Vertigo asked how he felt about it, and he said, quote, he didn't feel anything about it. The time came, and I was doing what I had to do. That's all there was to it. I mean... At least he confessed. Yep. He was placed in custody and charged with their murders and underwent a psychiatric evaluation because of the coldness of his crime. I mean, the fact that he felt nothing at all. Everyone was just like, what is wrong with this person? They've never seen anything like it. They sent him to the manager clinic in Topeka, and he was diagnosed as schizophrenic, but in his right mind. Remember, schizophrenia, schizophrenia was a blanket diagnosis for lots of ailments back then, so it could have been anywhere from autism to actual schizophrenia to a house not, wife not wanting to do her housework. They were just like, schizophrenic, it was just like a blanket. Yeah, everyone's like, a schizophrenic. he's non-schizophrenic. No, 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 no. He also stated that his motive was to inherit his family's farm and his family's money, and that might be true, you know, start the life he thought he deserved in Chicago being a gangsta. But I really think that from what I've read, that that was just an answer he gave to cops as a motive to shut him up. Because every cop wants the motive. Right. And maybe sometimes there's not one. I don't think there was one for him. I really don't. I, I think, I think he's one of those people that likes chaos. Yeah. And that's it. I don't think he wanted, I don't, he did a piss poor job of trying to get away with this crime. Oh, yeah. So I think it was just kind of like, eh, it just happened. I just did it. It's whatever. Like, he was bored and just was like, I finished my book. Now what am I going to do? I'm just going to go kill my family. Pretty much. It's like, okay. His lawyers tried for an insanity defense and he pleaded pleaded not guilty. His defense obviously didn't work because he was in his right mind and knew what he was doing when he killed them. So he was sentenced to death by hanging to be done on November 30th, 1962. Which, by the way, this happened in 1958. Back to one of your stories. The death penalty was, like, carried out very quickly back in the day. Oh, yeah. It was... This was actually long, considering. Yours was a week later. No, mine was a year later. Oh, it was a year later. Mm -hmm. But even still, like, a year later versus... We have guys on death row for 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Some craziness. And there were appeals, and it went up to the Supreme Court, but his appeals were denied. And the appeals were centered around, he was a kid. He was only 18. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's an illegal adult, for one. Yeah. And two, uh, pretty sure he made all those decisions on his own as a legal adult. Yeah. So, no, sir. Lowell's circumstances, however, also crossed paths with one of the most famous American writers of our time, Truman Capote. 
See, Kansas had placed him in the same death row in Lansing Prison alongside Dick Hickok and Perry Smith, who murdered a whole family one night for seemingly no reason, again in Kansas. The three of them became friends, and Truman Capote visited Dick and Perry to write his now-acclaimed true crime novel, In Cold Blood. Mm. And he ran across none other than Lowell Lee Adams as well. Dick said of Lowell, quote, Andy was a funny kid. It was like I told him he had no respect for human life, not even his own. And he was spot on. That's exactly, yeah. that's exactly it. So on Lowell's last day, November 30th, 1962, he ate ready for his last meal. Oh, oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Meatloaf, mashed potatoes. Ooh, you're right on the potatoes. Two fried chickens, green beans, and mashed potatoes. And he didn't give any last words. A reporter who witnessed it said that he looked, quote, outwardly remorse, remorseless and disinterested and died by hanging that day at age 22. Hanging, man. That's yeah. rough. Farm kid, Midwest, I knew it had to be something down homey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So fried chicken makes sense. Mm-hmm. He did give Dick a poem by Thomas Gray, which at the end read, quote, The paths of glory lead but to the grave. And that is Lowell Lee Andrews, who had this incredible brush with fate in his short amount of time here by being a part of the actual story in Cold Blood, which, again, I have not read it. I know, I know. Don't come at me, literature people. But, like, he's a character in that book. Do you Have you read that book? I have not. Yeah. Lowell Lee Andrews is a character, as well as Dick and what's-his-face. Well, now I'm going to add it to my Amazon cart to Same. buy with my other books that I'm buying that I'm not going to tell you what I'm buying because we talk about it on our Patreon. We do. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so he's one of those... I... I wish there was more out there about him to kind of study him. If I were a psychology student, he would be one of those ones I would just be fascinated by. The ones that don't have the motive. The ones that just do the thing and don't care about the consequences. Yeah. It's crazy. We Uh. should tell Pa Daughter about him. Yeah, you should. Yeah, she's studying that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Who you got for us today? Well, let me ask you a quick question. What have you been doing in the during the pandemic? Mm, sitting on ass, catching on Netflix. That's cool. What about you guys? Waiting, listening. Cool. Bet y'all are having fun doing that. Well, I'm about to make all y'all feel real bad. Yay. And that's not my goal. But Christina Posco, a high school student in Poland, has been doing a little bit more than that. Christina heard about the rise of domestic violence cases during the pandemic. And then she also heard about a French initiative where people can go into a pharmacy and ask for a special type of type of mask that will alert them that they're will that will alert the pharmacist that they are a victim of domestic violence. A mask? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. That is so cool. So she heard about that. And so After hearing all this, Christina decided she wanted to do something to help domestic violence victims as well. Fuck yeah. So, listen to what this amazing young woman did. She created a fake online cosmetic shop for victims to use from home. So, how does this website work? 
Will you go to Christina's Facebook page that she set up called Camo Meals and Pansies? And while it seems like you're innocently shopping for cosmetics, you can open up a chat and ask about skin cream. And it will connect you with a psychologist instead of a salesperson who will ask you how long you have been having, and I quote, skin problems. And if you actually place an order, it's actually asking for authorities to come to your home. That is so fucking smart. That is the smartest thing I've ever heard, especially when it comes to domestic violence, because they track everything. Yes. They are literally, they may have a tracker on your phone. Yes. To see what you're doing, literally like looking at your screen as you're doing it. Yes. So, so it's not even a separate website. It is a Facebook page. Oh, that's great. Can you say it again? It is Camomiles and Pansies, C-A-M-O-M-I-L-E-S and Pansies, P-A-N-S-I-E-S. Awesome. Yeah. So obviously this is only probably in Poland, mm-hmm. um, but so Christina shared this awesome idea online and got so much positive feedback that um, the Women's Rights Center in Poland um, has their own psychologists and lawyers that are responding to the requests on the Facebook page. That's freaking great. And not only that, she won a $12,000 grant from the European Union. Whoa. That's a big deal. Yes. So since the Facebook launched in April 2020, um, more than 350 people have used the site and most of those are under the age of 40. And those numbers are as of March 2021. So in a year, 350 people, most under the age of 40, have utilized her site. Wow. That's incredible. So, I mean, honestly, that's... And also, it makes... It's so smart in many different ways. Because for one, if she is selling the cosmetics to fund the other side of it, you know what I mean? That makes sense. Because, like, you got to hire people to be a chat person, right? And, well, and also help fund the psychology, psychiatrists who are behind. She's not selling any cosmetics because the um, Women's Rights Center is, their psychologists and lawyers are volunteering. Okay, so now they're just in on it. Yes. Okay, great. Cool. That's cool. Okay, yes. nice. But I love that idea because it does look like, like, the girl, I can't remember when, I think it was during the pandemic, who went into the Domino's. With her boyfriend. Did you remember that? No. There was something like she went in and the the worker was like noticing off behavior and was like, okay, interesting. And when her boyfriend went to the bathroom, the girl was like, oh my God, get me out of here. Help me, help me, whatever. And they called the cops on the guy. Mm -hmm. But it was the same situation where she had to find a way to send a coded message. Yeah. Fucking help me. Yeah. This guy is a crazy person keeping Mm -hmm. me here. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool that that's... Who who would ever thought of that? That's such a good idea. I mean, I know a lot of domestic abuse websites, Mm -hmm. if you go on them, if you hit like the escape button, it just shuts it all down. Mm -hmm. Which is great. But... This is my, I, I feel like this is like a little bit more incognito. Yeah. Cause it's also, it's on Facebook for one. Mm-hmm. Yes. They track everything we know, but it's also like, oh, I'm just getting on Facebook real quick. Oh, oh, I found this really cool shop that has like, like that skincare. Yeah. Who's going to think? So if they only allow you a phone mm-hmm. and not a computer, 
Let's say they take the internet off your phone, but let you still have social media to keep up. Um, appearances. Yes, I can't think of the word. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. To yeah. keep up appearances, you can get help this way. It's incredible. That's so cool. It's just, I love that she was like, let me try to find help for these people that I know are suffering right now. Because yeah, it has gotten exponentially worse. And the suicide prevention hotline also changed to 988. Yeah. Is that right? I, I don't remember. Hold on. We're going to also, I mean, it's now just 988. I think you can just like text it, right? Yes, you can text them now. Um, Bear with us. I'm springing this on her literally right now. So I know I have it on our social media. I'm trying to find it in my downloads and things. Seat of our pants, y'all. Remember we talked about seat of our pants? <laughs> Always, baby. It's how we roll. Seat of our pants. 988. Yes. Okay, great. And what you, you can either call or text 988 now to get a hold of somebody. Which is freaking phenomenal. I'm glad that they <laughs> cut down by a billion numbers to three. Because, yeah, dude, that's... Your mental and physical health is extremely important, and unfortunately, domestic violence hits both of those. It yes. covers both of those. So, well, and domestic violence just isn't getting your ass beat. No, and it's not just getting your ass beat on a daily basis. Domestic violence can be mental, it can be physical, it can be psychological, it can be once a week, it can be once a month, it can be once an hour. You know, it's nuanced and it's. It's, it's, it's gaslighting. It's it's everything. And it's it's also in varying degrees. So you may not even know what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Which is why people are like, why don't they get out? It's because, well, much like anything, it's a boiled frog. You're going to slowly turn up the heat. You're not going to throw someone in a boiling water right off the bat and then be like, cool, Mm-mm. I love this life. It's like slowly your rights slowly more and more get taken away until the point where you're like, how the fuck did I get to this? How and am I here? they make it to where... You're dependent on them and can't yep. leave. Correct. So if you or anyone you love is in that situation, definitely check out that website. I'm sure that there's, gosh, there's plenty of websites here in the United States as well about that. Mm-hmm. And yes, please go incognito, go to a library, find some other place to do this, some other internet IP address, whatever you got to do. We love you, you know. and we support you and we want you to be safe. And the abusers are really good at isolating you to where you don't have anybody to go to. Exactly. So please stay safe out there, y'all. Um, we love y'all very much. We don't want anything to happen yes. to anyone. <laughs> oh, crazy state of the world, man. So, yes, I thought she was an amazing young lady to even have that thought process. Oh, yeah. And good job, France. Let's right? talk about France for a minute. And the fact that if you go into a pharmacy and ask for, you know what, I didn't dig into that aspect, which now I see I probably should have, of what the special mask is that you should ask for. But good job, France, for even having that. You know what we should talk about? Yeah. There's a TikTok that I sent my daughter and all her friends, and I don't know how to find it. In America, we have angel shots if you're at a bar. Yes. So if you... If you haven't seen, oh gosh, what's his name? Benji. Benji, who is everyone's favorite bartender server. And if you're in in the industry, you know he gets it right every day. But he has been spreading awareness about angel shots. And basically what it is, is you go to any, well, 
most bartenders now know this. And unfortunately, we may have to rename it soon because, you know, unfortunately, the abusers are going to listening. So, but it's basically saying, hey, I need help. This person is really on my ass, creeping me out, trying to do something weird or bad to me. Help. So, and then I think there's also varying degrees of it, like with a float or something like that. Basically, yeah, means get me the fuck okay. out of here or something. I'm about, I found it. Okay. If you ask for an angel shot neat, your bartender will escort you to your car or somebody at the establishment. With ice, your bartender will call you an Uber or a Lyft. If you ask for an angel shot with lime, your bartender will call the police. That's what it was. Yep. So heads up. If you're in that situation and you're out and you're getting harassed by anyone, there is there are a lot of bartenders now that know about that. It has been spread quite a bit. And as you know, like we just said, unfortunately, abusers also listen because they're not dumb. But hopefully this can just help you um, be a lot more safe out there. And as always, unfortunately, we still live in a place where we have to be aware of our surroundings. We can't just, you know, well, live... And- and that's if you're at a bar and somebody is being skeezy, yeah. you can just like walk up to the bar, like with them trailing behind or whatever and ask for that. Yeah. You know, or you're on a first date or you met a tender date or somebody you don't know and they're being uber skeezy. That's a way for you to get out and let somebody know you need help without overtly being help me, help me. Yeah. And the person catching on. So Because if you're overtly help me, help me, that puts you in danger. Yep. Yep. I mean, I shared that with my daughter for her to share with all her college friends because, you know. Let's be real. (laughs) They're in college. I'm not stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Mama not stupid. Mama not stupid. Mama might know who Donna Reed is, but she ain't no dummy. Mama might be 85 years old, but mama not stupid. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, a short episode for you guys today. We really hope you enjoy it. And um, we're hoping to also see you at the PodFest. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We're really excited about it. We've been jazzed about it for months now. So hope to see you there. And as always... We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.